Hi, I'm Dr. Jan Jaffer, and this is Got Teeth. So today I'm talking with Dr. Jody Gergley. Jody has been a friend of mine and part of our business for the last 15 years, and so I'm excited to learn a little bit more about taking care of crooked teeth in kids, and, and what does that even mean? So, you know, one of the things that I've seen over time is it seems like teeth are getting more crooked. Kids are having more problems with, you know, straightening of teeth than, than we've seen in the past. You know, is that something you're seeing and is that, you know, a concern or what What are the causes? Why, why do we think that's happening? Yeah, that definitely is happening a lot. And we know that the reason for this now is how the children are breathing and how their lips cheeks and tongues are actually functioning. So when there's crooked teeth, we know that that means that the jaws haven't actually developed properly. It's not a manner of having teeth that are too large for their jaws. It's truly the jaws have not grown properly. So if a child is a nasal breather for the most part and has the tongue resting up in the roof of the mouth, as well as is swallowing correctly, we'll see good jaw development. So in kids who are mouth breathers, their tongue will be at the bottom of the mouth and we'll start to see constrictions on the upper jaw and therefore crowding. We'll also see if someone's swallowing incorrectly. Let's say the lower lip is overactive and putting force on the teeth. We'll see lower crowding and sometimes a tucked back lower jaw as well. Teeth move really easily. So to put it in perspective, a tongue can exert 500 grams of force and a front tooth only needs 1.7 grams of force to actually move it. So I can understand the problems, but why are we seeing that more now than we've seen in the past? Because I mean, we want kids, you always want to breathe through your nose, right? I mean, that Mm -hmm. makes sense in your tongue, but it seems like it's a bigger problem now. And it's like, what's changed that would make kids not breathe through their nose or not do the things that are necessary to help, you know, make put the teeth in the proper place. Yeah, so this is such a huge topic. And just if we just touch on the nasal breathing aspect of it right now, the big things to look at in terms of why a child would nasal breathe versus mouth breathe or vice versa. Definitely we're looking at soft tissue obstructions, so enlarged adenoids or tonsils as well as just purely allergies can cause inflammation as well in the whole nasal complex. So again, whether it's there's allergies that are causing um, the adenoids to be enlarged and or the tonsils. So if they cannot be breathing through their nose, then we are creatures of survival, we will start breathing through our mouth. There is a lot of allergies, whether it's from foods, it can be environmental, you know, it could be it could be a, even a pet in the house. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So a kid has some, you know, crooked teeth or, you know, breathing through their mouth. Are there are there some health concerns with that? Is that actually a problem? So If the child is breathing through their mouth, what we tend to see, again, is that that upper jaw doesn't develop properly. And that will also cause a constriction in the lower jaw. And when that happens, we'll get a constriction in the airway. So if the airway is restricted, we can start to see things like sleep disorder breathing, which you'll see a child is maybe become a snorer or when they wake up in the morning, they're really tired. They can even have learning difficulties 
as well as they can actually stop breathing several times during the night. And if that happens, that's something that's called obstructive sleep apnea. And that typically would follow them through life and can have really quite detrimental effects on your health into adulthood. I, I know that adults have that, but that actually can be a problem for kids as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I know that diet and nutrition does play a role in the way that our mouths also form, right? I mean, we mm-hmm. talked about breathing, but there's also another aspect of it. How does diet and nutrition affect, you know, the way our jaws are forming? Yeah, so this is a really interesting um, aspect as well and something that was new to me as I was doing training in this whole uh, domain of dentistry. And what happens is in order to get the jaws to grow properly, yes, we need proper stimulation from the muscles, the tongue, the, the cheeks, the lips, but we also need the muscles to be used, meaning we need to be eating a fibrous diet. So something that your muscles actually have to work at. So raw vegetables are wonderful for that as well as meat. And when the muscles are stimulated, that actually will cause bone to be laid down. So one of the examples I like to use for this, because a lot of people are aware of osteoporosis, they maybe have someone in their family who has it, or maybe they're dealing with it. And that is something that seems to be quite mainstream where people understand, okay, if you're dealing with that, you're going to be weight training. So you want to strengthen your muscles. Again, what happens then is that your muscles are strengthened and bone gets laid down. So you get increased bone density. Same thing happens in, in our jaws. So what we're eating is really important. And in today's diet, there is a lot of pastas, soft foods that you don't need to chew as much. Even for our infants, a lot of time they're kept on softer diets way longer than they actually need to. It's quite amazing how these little guys can chew food even though they may not have teeth um, or only some front teeth. Yeah, that's actually, so that's quite interesting because I have a little 19-month-old right now and he should have, you know, 10 to 20 teeth and he's got eight. He's only got his front eight teeth, but we give him carrots and I'm not sure how he does it, but he somehow manages to get through them and eat them. And so, you know, we've been obviously aware of this to some extent and trying to make him eat foods that require him to chew, you know, it's, it's really important for the kids. And, and, you know, blending everything up and giving them smoothies may not actually be the, the best thing for kids, even though we think it's like, oh, we're getting all their vegetables and everything put into something. It's we're missing the, we're missing the aspect of actually using those muscles. You got it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The One of the other things that I thought was very interesting as well is, um, this is newer since I've had kids, but not new for you, where they've got the packaged food that has the, um, like, so your your fruits and veg are pureed in a package and you unscrew the lid. Yeah, absolutely. And then, right, so it's super convenient, which is sometimes needed. Yeah. But in an I- ideal world, you wouldn't be using those on a daily basis because what's happening is you're teaching the child to suck and swallow their food as opposed to chew it. And even in that sucking motion from those packages, now you're overactivating these cheek muscles here, which will cause a constriction in the upper jaw. You know, again, that's such a great point that I think we've gone to convenience so much in society these days that we forget about, you know, just getting those those healthy 
raw foods into our diet or, you know, and again, whether you eat meats or not, but I mean, chewing, you know, things that we need to chew make such yeah. a big difference in our diet. And so we yeah. need to make sure that it's, because it's healthier for us too. And in, in one aspect, I mean, just eating raw vegetables, like, well, that's better than, you know, doing anything else. Yeah. Um, so it's important for your body, but now it's just as important for your mouth as well, which yeah. is interesting. So I, yeah, don't think, is. I don't think a lot of parents know that. So that's great to hear. Let's say I, I do notice that my kid has got some crowding in their teeth. They're, you know, not breathing properly. What do I do as a parent? So that is a great question. It definitely depends on age that we're looking at, right? So if we want to just touch on newborn a little bit, when a child is born, we definitely want to look at if there is a lip tie or a tongue tie. That is something that should be screened at upon birth, but I understand it isn't always screened for. Midwives will screen for it, doulas will screen for it. Um, and definitely if you ever end up seeing a lactation consultant, they will be screening and treating for that as well. When you can nurse your child, it is teaching them proper swallow. It is teaching them to breathe through their nose as well as nurse at the same time. So it's really important when you are nursing to actually be in an upright position. So they call that the football hold, as well as a biologic position, I think is one of the newer terms that they're using as well. And that's typically where the child is upright and the mom just has a bit of a, a lean back, but having the child upright as well. So that'll teach the child to nurse and sorry, and swallow, swallow correctly. If um, the child's not breathing through their nose, you notice that they're doing a lot of mouth breathing, that would definitely be something where you'd want to get some medical intervention from whether it's a sleep specialist or your family physician, pediatrician. When we start getting then into the older category, we would want to be doing screenings actually at the dental office. We're checking the kids to see how their airways are. We're checking their breathing. We're, you know, we're looking at, to see if we can see enlarged tonsils. If we're seeing crooked teeth, we know we're looking at, okay, what's causing those crooked teeth? Is it is it mouth breathing? Is it how they're swallowing? Is it how their tongue is postured? So we do a full kind of assessment and screening on that for them. So when are you looking at that? Like when is the right time to start looking at that? Because I know you've taught me some of this stuff as well, is it, you know, I start to look at kids' tonsils when I see them in the chair, which is something that I would have never really done before, or not as much before, but understanding that how important the tonsils are not just part of the mouth, but you know, for the breathing and for the development of the jaw, the tonsils can actually make a huge difference in their sleeping, which you know is part of some of the issues that we're seeing. So when are you starting to screen for that you know, in terms of looking at it. And then once you see a problem, like when do you actually start dealing with Treating. solutions? Yeah. yeah, so ideally, especially with growth and development, you want to screen as early as possible because you always want to get the growth and development on track the way we were genetically programmed to grow as soon as possible. So in my office, we screen anytime a child comes in. So whether that means they're an infant, um, two years old, five years old, eight years old. You know, we will always be looking at these things. Our typical treatment time is more based on compliance of the child. So it can vary in age. I actually started my little guy on treatment when he was three and a half, but he's a very, very easygoing child. So that was very simple for me to actually do. Uh, sometimes we'll start treatment a little bit later, not because it's necessarily beneficial to start later, but because we need to be able to get compliance from the child. 
And so when you say start treatment, I mean, on a three and a half year old, what could you possibly be doing? Yeah, so for for the little ones, um, we do actually have appliances that we use. I use what's called Myobrace appliances. And this is something, it's a series of removable appliances. They wear for one to two hours during the day and they sleep with it at nighttime. And these appliances are all about retraining the muscles to do what they should be doing. So it teaches correct swallow, correct tongue posture. And then with that, we'll see changes in the jaw growth and development just naturally all on its own. It's quite amazing. So, yeah. So these are quite simple then, right? Because I mean, you're not putting something yeah. big into some, the kid's mouth that they're they're having trouble swallowing and doing all those things. These actually help with the with the swallowing and the breathing? Yeah, so it's all about muscle retraining. So it is it's, it is very interesting. And when I first saw them, I really had to wrap my head around what was going on. And the reason for that is because we're taught always to look at teeth. Mm-hmm. And we think that teeth need moving. And really, in reality, when we correct the muscle function in a growing individual, so in the children, as you change that muscle function, the jaws move, which allows the teeth to move. Yeah, that is really interesting because I know in the past it was always like, well, wait till they get their adult teeth and then we'll just move them to the right position, right? So like wait till they're 10, 12, 14, and then we can use braces and we'll straighten everything out. And you're saying that that's that's too late? That is too late if we want to look at dealing with the root cause of the problem and treating that and allowing it to make the changes for us. So at any age, you can look at dealing with how people swallow and how they're breathing. But you're not necessarily going to get the bony changes, meaning that the jaws are not necessarily going to change in an adult because the bones aren't growing anymore. Yeah, yeah. So we want to get in treatment with the muscles. The earlier we get in, the better the results we're going to have, as well as the least amount of intervention that we'll actually end up having to do. So if we can train the muscles early and we can get the jaws to the right position, does that change what happens later then? Does it make it easier down the road or what? I mean, what does that actually change treatment as they get into their 10, yeah. 12, 14 and older? Yeah, for sure. So what kind of happens is when we're able to do treatment early and we get we have the chance to be able to take advantage of that growth potential, what we'll see is things start sorting themselves out quite nicely. Now that being said, sometimes teeth grow in crooked. So you could have maybe a canine tooth or really any tooth in the mouth mouth could grow in crooked. And by using these removable appliances, we aren't necessarily straightening teeth, but we're getting the jaws aligned, we're getting better jaw growth and development, so better airways for the children to breathe. And then when they're older, let's say the teeth aren't perfectly aligned and the child or the family desires to have perfectly aligned teeth, you can look at doing braces. And in that case, braces may only take six to nine months to do treatment, or maybe even less if we're doing something like Invisalign, just kind of depending on what's what's all going on or how rotated a tooth is. But it often will also get us to the point where we don't actually have to do braces because we've corrected 
the muscle function which has allowed the jaws to grow and has allowed the room now for the teeth to actually be in position. Right position. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So you can actually almost solve some of the future issues by, by looking at things early. Yeah. Yeah. So the early intervention is really important. Yeah. And I know yeah. that that's one of your passions, right? I mean, I know that one of the things that I've seen over time is that, you know, just getting these kids treated earlier so that they can breathe and they can do all these things earlier is, is a huge passion of yours. And, and I love that because, I mean, it is important, right? I mean, if we can help kids do better, breathe better, eat better, I mean, their trajectory is going to be just so much better just in life because yeah. that's where we're setting them up to succeed. Definitely. So any last things that you want to add? Because I mean, I think this has been fascinating. I think a lot of parents will hopefully listen to something like this to understand what's important for their kids. But, you know, anything else you want to add? I mean, as a parent, what do you want people to take home with this so that they understand what's important? I think the big thing to understand is really just, again, that the reason for crooked teeth is based on how the muscles are functioning and that's something that can be corrected. A lot of people nowadays like getting to the root cause of what's causing an issue mm. and addressing the muscle function actually does that. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a, it's, it's always an interesting thing, but I think a lot of people are looking at the why as opposed to like, how do we fix it? It's like, well, why did it happen? Yeah. If we understand why it happened, maybe we can you know help solve that problem as opposed to you know, put on a set of braces or Invisalign at 12 or 14 and just fix the the, the end the the end result of, of the problem that happened before. Yeah, Perfect. exactly. Well, thanks for your time again. I mean, this is this is fantastic. It's great to great to learn a little bit more about this, and uh, you know, hopefully this will be uh, really great for a lot of parents. Thank great. you. Thanks. It's great being here. I hope you enjoyed listening to the podcast. If you would like more information, please check out our website at www.trekdental.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Trek Dental.